Emmanuel Forbes impressed the most on the first day of Washington's minicamp, and the most impressive play might have come in a situation that really didn't count. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, and you can continue the conversation over on subtext at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders, where you can go one-on-one with me because I am your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media and Washington Commanders beat reporter for Commander Country of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, the site covering the Washington Commanders here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And when you enter promo code locked on NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to discuss standout players from the first day of Washington's mandatory minicamp, a new report, I say report in quotations, and we will get our first Howell Watch of the Week going today. And we're going to start off this episode talking about Emmanuel Forbes because he's the guy who stood out the most to me today at practice on the practice field during the first day of Washington's mandatory minicamp. Now, I said stood out, not the first person I went in to watch. We'll talk about the first person uh, that we went in to watch coming up here in just a little bit. But rookie cornerback Emmanuel Forbes is going to be the first standout player we talk about. And honestly, I don't really usually do these things in a specific order. I don't really rank them uh, per se. But today I'm starting with Forbes because this is going to be an episode about commander's resiliency. Forbes started the 11 on on 11 practice session. And to me, that's kind of the biggest part of this whole practice session is the 11 on 11s and and all these things. But he started the 11 on 11 sessions with a play that likely would have drawn a flag for defensive pass interference on Forbes while in coverage against Terry McLaurin. It was the very first snap of the 11 on 11 uh, period. And McLaurin beat the rookie Emmanuel Forbes off the line of scrimmage, getting upfield rather quickly in his nine route with no help over the top for the rookie. As quarterback Sam Howell got set to throw the ball, Forbes grabbed himself a whole fistful of jersey, a number 17 jersey to be exact, which of course kept McLaurin from continuing his momentum downfield and also caused Forbes himself to tumble and stumble uh, and go down to the ground. Now, that wasn't the end of Forbes' early struggles in the 11-on-11 periods. Two snaps later, Howell again targeted Forbes on a comeback route. This time, he was targeting wide receiver Marcus Kemp. Kemp, for those who don't know, the six-year veteran who came over this offseason from the Kansas City Chiefs. On that play, Marcus Kemp hit the brakes on a comeback route so quickly and so suddenly that Forbes was still going upfield by the time Kemp was getting ready to bring in the pass. It was Honestly, it was just a very beautifully run route by Marcus Kemp. There's not a lot that a lot of guys, a lot of defenders could do uh, on that thing. He got the DB, or first he attacked the the defensive back's leverage. He attacked Forbes' leverage uh, upfield, got the DB to turn his hips, uh, sat down in the chair, as they say, to stop his momentum, cut his hips back to the quarterback to receive the ball, and and that was all she wrote. Now, that all happened in the first set of 11-on-11 plays. 
by the first team offense going up against the first team defense. So not a great start into that period of the practice session, right? And honestly, the first time that I can think of that I've really seen Emmanuel Forbes kind of look at a sink was in uh, those first four passes and specifically those two of the first four passes. But he went to the sideline. I'm sure he got some coaching, thought some things through himself, talked to some buddies, talked to some teammates, whatever it is. Whatever he did on the sideline between the first team's first and second 11 on 11 sessions, uh, it worked because something clicked. Because from that point on, it was really business as usual. And it was what we're used to seeing from Emmanuel Forbes on the practice field from that point forward, defending plays, guarding his guys in phase, same level of effectiveness that we've seen uh, at every practice that we got to see him in before Tuesday. In fact, on one rep specifically, I watched as Sam Howell got ready to send a deep shot to Jahan Dotson. Thought better of it. Uh, Forbes was lockstep with him down the field. One-on-one -on -one coverage, to be honest with you, no safety help again. But Forbes was certainly in position. Now, personally, I'd kind of like to see Sam take that shot. You know what I mean? It's practice uh, and, and see if, you know, Jahan can come down with the ball or Forbes comes down with the ball. Uh, again, it is practice. But, you know, he's out there doing some serious things. So my, my entertainment uh, is not the important thing here. Uh, the most impressive play, though, by Emmanuel Forbes, wasn't an interception officially, right? Because it really came on a play that was basically dead. And honestly, this might be the play of the day from the practice, even though it really wasn't uh, a full-on play. So to set the stage here, uh, it's the fourth 11-on-11 set that the first-team offense is running against the first-team defense. And during the play, the secondary is is covering the wide receivers, covering their space like they've done so often. Uh, I'll tell you, that secondary is looking really, really good, guys. Um, so Sam Howell scrambled out of the pocket, becomes a, a scramble drill due to the coverage downfield. Now in those scramble drills, right, defenders don't like touching the quarterback, even two hand touch the quarterback. You just don't want to touch your quarterback uh, in practice ever. So after about a few steps of the quarterback running, typically everybody just kind of comes to a jog and kind of runs the play out and all right, everything's done and we reset, right? Well, as that's happening, like as all the players around Sam Howell are kind of coming to the end of the play. Uh, Howell unleashed a pass downfield about 30 yards uh, to a guy. Honestly, I don't remember who the receiver was, and I didn't write it down who the receiver was. Uh, but at this time, the receiver is basically uncovered on the sideline because, again, nobody's really playing anymore, and Howell is just kind of throwing the ball. Think of it like the three-pointers. If you watch an NBA game, uh, a three-pointer taken by a player after the whistle blows during an NBA game. It's a free shot. It's a, it's a practice shot, whatever you want to call it, taken uh, after the play. But now, Sometimes in the NBA, when players do that, right, there's a guy, usually a center or a taller forward, right, jumps up, catches the ball above the rim, goaltending style, and doesn't let the ball go in, right? Again, wouldn't have counted even if it did, but that's typically what they do. Well, in this scenario, Forbes is that center or forward because Sam Howell, even though everybody was pretty much done going through the play, decided, you know what, I'm going to get this throw in, I'm going to get this rep in uh, for my arm, flings the ball downfield, it's on target. But Emmanuel Forbes comes flying into the picture uh, and, and catches the ball, intercepts the ball. I mean, again, it's not an interception because the play was was dead. Uh, but that wasn't the impressive part. The impressive part is that Emmanuel Forbes is about two-thirds of the field away from that play when it was happening. Like Sam Howell, when he went to throw that ball downfield, Emmanuel Forbes is about two-thirds of the field away. And, I mean, when I say he came flying into the frame, guys, like I'm watching Sam Howell. I'm like, oh, he's going to throw the ball down there. He's going to see a receiver. When I say he comes flying into the frame, he came flying into the frame. I mean, the way he covered ground to get to that ball uh, was just incredibly impressive. And, and I hope that the media team, the, the in-house media team, 
got it on tape for you guys and shares it at some point because it was impressive. So rough start to the 11 on 11s for Forbes, but a strong finish and a very impressive finish. Uh, also, he wasn't the only one who came in a little bit behind, but finished what I would call ahead following the first day of mandatory minicamp for the Washington Commanders. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They also fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton because Bird Dogs invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And the best part is Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. I already own a pair of Bird Dogs joggers, and I'm really excited because my tumbler is coming on my, or to my house as we speak, along with two pairs of shorts that are coming just in time for training camp because it gets hot out in Ashburn. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Enter the promo code locked on NFL for your free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view today and every day. Every day, come back tomorrow and I'll have my notes for you from the second day of mandatory minicamp. But for now, let's get back to that first day that happened on Tuesday. And my next standout player who, yes, was the player that we all went in looking to see firsthand defensive end Chase Young. Now, it took a little bit before we actually really got to see Chase and the defensive line getting going. But once we did... It did actually look pretty good. Subtextures, you're going to have a video on the way. If you haven't already gotten it, you'll see a little. When when you, If you haven't already got it, you're going to see once you do get it a little bit of what we saw during practice. really just depends on what time you're watching or listening. If you're watching this, you've already gotten the video. If you're listening to this, uh, it may be coming shortly, depending on how quickly you got to uh, this audio. But uh, looking at the video, Young looked quick. He looked light on his feet, confident coming down on his feet, his knees which is incredibly, incredibly important, especially on that right knee that did have a rather large brace on it. Uh, he did flex it from time to time for a bit, but for the most part, looked very, very solid on uh, that knee and those knees. I mean, he had surgery on both knees, remember, right? Um, so now when we got to the team drills, again, 11 on 11s, team drills, uh, those are the same thing. He was quick off the line. And what I really liked is the work and the fact that he didn't stop coming just because he got stood up at one point. And honestly, that's something that I've kind of had a beef with with Chase since he's he's come to the NFL. And honestly, it's, it's something I didn't necessarily love about his game when he was at Ohio State is that sometimes he was kind of willing to just get stood up, get stonewalled at the point of attack, and stay there and maybe try to get a hand up. And, you know, to a certain extent, with, when you're trying to set the edge and depending on your assignments, there are moments when you want to do that and you need to do that. But when you're in a full-on pass rush sets and obvious passing down, it's like third and 13 or something. Um, you need to do as what as much as you can to get to the quarterback uh, and be disruptive. And sometimes we just don't see Chase Young do enough to do that. But on these practice sets, uh, I can honestly say that every time I watched him get 
off the line, get into a pass rush. Uh, he did. He thought there was a good amount of effort coming from him, especially for his first day of work uh, back with the team. We saw him come on several stunts, which the twisting and the turning and and the moving forward, moving back and all that looked very fluid, looked very smooth. And what's even better is in his first 11 on 11 set, first team defense against the first team offense, he got a practice sack, right? Quote unquote, uh, of course, can't actually hit Sam Howell. But if he could, Sam would have gone down pretty quickly. Uh, in that rep. And then after the practice, we did get to speak with Chase Young for just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to share with you a little bit of what he had to say. Uh, the first time we talked to you since uh, Dean decided not to pick up your fifth year option. How disappointing was that from your perspective and kind of take us through that situation, how it played out? Yeah, uh, I need to point that off. Uh, I'm ready to go. How do you feel to be back out here, though? So good. I'm out here feeling good, feeling good to run around to my teammates. How much different do you feel now compared to you at the end of the season? It's nine day. Nine day. Where do you see the difference? Uh, my confidence, my strength, everything. Chase, obviously there you know, the injuries up and down in regards to you trying to get back. Just describe your mentality now to get back on the field and almost like prove it. A lot of doubt was wrong. I mean, since I came to the game, I, I, was, I was in the game to prove myself. Um, so I'm not really thinking any different from going out there and like that. Ron has talked about kind of how maybe declining that with your option could be a motivation like it was for Duran last year. Is that something that you can use as motivation? Or? Uh, yeah, but I, I can use a lot of things as motivation. So all of them, they stuck in my back pocket. Chase, you, you know, you said it's a nine-day difference. Kind of how you feel. Explain, like, how do you know Chase Young is back? How do you know, like, Chase Young feels like he was, you know, pre-injury? All right, so good to see Chase on the field again in every day. As you already know, he's the guy that I said I thought needed to show up, not just physically in attendance, but by practicing with energy and effort. And I think it's fair to say that he did just that. There's been a lot of kind of negative press around Chase Young uh, recently. So I, I, I was really, and I said this on yesterday's episode, I really kind of hoped that he would go out there uh, and put some positivity into the world for everybody to talk about and start putting some stacking some compliments here uh, instead of uh, I'm gonna say insults, but maybe less than glowing conversation. So I think that he did that. So uh, more on Chase here in just a bit. But first, our final standout player of the first day of mandatory minicamp, another resiliency story. First, we had Emmanuel Forbes got off to the bad start in the 11 on 11s, but finished really strong. Chase Young, who kind of came in with a little bit of a cloud of uncertainty around him, uh, looking to bounce back from a lot of different things, uh, did pretty well for himself. And now Wide receiver Mitchell Tinsley, which may be a guy that some of you really haven't heard of before. Like Forbes, Tinsley started the day off pretty rough. Tinsley, real quick, undrafted free agent out of Penn State. Uh, he's been been around since rookie camp, so he's been here for a, for a little while. But again, started the day pretty rough after one rep on offense versus offense specifically. So for, for description purposes, the offense lines up, they run a play, but it's other offensive players lining up as defense. It's kind of a walkthrough uh, scenario more than anything else. But Tinsley, after one specific play, was very loudly corrected by assistant head coach and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, with EB telling him that he essentially wasted a rep, uh, a rep that's very valuable for the team, very valuable for him, very valuable for his teammates, and that if he wasn't going to figure out what he needed to do then EB would let the next guy figure it out because he would know uh, more than Tinsley would and then pulled him out of the drill and made him watch uh, from the side. Now, Tinsley, again, comes from Penn State, right? So he's not used to subpar performance. He's used to competing, used to being one of the better teams in his conference, all these other things. 
uh, obviously could not have been happy with himself for the error. Uh, but he too bounced back again. This is a, a redemption story, right? Resiliency is the key is kind of the theme uh, of today's episode. In fact, several deep balls were actually attempted on Tuesday during practice, but the first one completed didn't come until the third team's second set of 11 on 11s. And in that set, third string quarterback Jake Fromm targeted Tinsley down the left sideline and Tinsley went up, made a great grab over cornerback DJ Sturgis, who's also fighting for a roster spot. It was a great play by Tinsley, great throw from Fromm, and it was great to see Tinsley make up for his early mistake just a little while ago. I actually joked to Linnell Winningham, a 106.7 the fan uh, who I was watching practice with at the time that uh, Tinsley should get up and go ask EP if he wasted that rep. Of course, no, he shouldn't. He should never, ever do something like that, but it's funny for Linnell and I to joke about on the sideline. Tinsley also made a nice uh, sliding grab during seven-on-seven seven drills. Uh, that showed really good hands, really good awareness, and intelligence because, honestly, the ball was low, and the, the where it was going in, if he tries to catch it standing up, there's no contact right now, but play as if there is contact. Uh, if he makes that catch where he's at, he's getting hit really, really hard. And worst case scenario, that ball's going to the ground. Uh, or best case scenario, that ball's going to the ground. Worst case scenario, that ball's going, getting hit. It's going up in the air and potentially the defender coming down with it. So three guys, Emmanuel Forbes, Chase Young, Mitchell Tinsley, uh, coming in, having some rough beginnings to this mandatory minicamp for different reasons. Uh, Chase Young's rough beginnings to the mandatory minicamp, kind of predating the actual minicamp, uh, but they all came out of day one looking pretty good for uh, what we could see. Next up, our Howell watch, and uh, he didn't start bad or finish bad, but there were some down moments on his first day of mandatory minicamp. We'll get to that, and we'll get to a Chase Young report that came out after practice. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. <laughs> Time for our first Howl Watch of the Week. And that is how we're going to end this Tuesday, Wednesday episode, sorry, of Locked On Commanders following practice on Tuesday out at Ashburn for the Washington Commanders. I charted all of Sam Howell's 11 on 11 throws. And we're going to go through him, them here uh, set by set. Now, Zach Selby, team reporter for the Washington Commanders, is still charting 11 by on, on 11, 7 on 7s. He's charting everything. If Sam Howell's throwing a football, Zach Selby is charting it. He's also doing the same thing for Jacoby Brissett. So make sure you're keeping an eye on everything he's doing at commanders.com uh, to get all of that information. Now, the first set, first four passes that Sam Howell threw in the team sessions, 11 on 11. First pass, we kind of already talked about it, right? I was targeting Terry McLaurin on that fly route against Emmanuel Forbes. Again, Emmanuel Forbes grabbed him uh, a whole lot of jersey like he was a Commanders fan, and they were 50% off at the team store. Uh, so over one, but again, likely would have been uh, a flag if there were officials on the field with his very next pass he came back targeted curtis samuel out of the slot connected with curtis samuel out of the slot going up against benjamin st juice which kind of reminded me last year a little bit of when benjamin st juice was playing in the slot going up against curtis samuel and curtis samuel was doing some damage against ben so we'll see we'll see if that becomes or continues to be a thing uh, on day two and we'll see how benjamin uh, st juice can do we also will talk to benjamin st juice at the podium i'm told uh tomorrow after practice on wednesday so uh, perhaps come back for some of that footage, depending on what happens in practice. The third rep of the session was not a pass. And in fact, that was actually the rep that Chase Young got his quote unquote practice sack. Uh, then the fourth rep was a pass and it was completed again. Marcus Kemp on that comeback route against Emmanuel Forbes, kind of that second play that Emmanuel Forbes had that got him off to that rough start, making Sam Howell two for three. 
Uh, the final throw of the, of the 11 on 11 set for the first team again to Marcus Kemp. Uh, this was actually a curl route that was thrown right over an Emmanuel Forbes blitz. Linebacker Dijon Harris was breaking out towards uh, where where Forbes had just vacated but didn't get there in time. Sam Howell, good blitz read and pass by Sam Howell, good ball placement and catch by Marcus Kemp. So three for four on the on the total set there for the first set of first team offense versus first team defense. Uh, probably a pass interference drawn and then a sack as well on that third play uh, of the game would have been second down. You can argue it would have been second down. That first throw would have been a new set of downs. Then the pass to Samuel is on first down. Sack comes on second. Third down is the comebacker. Uh, and then, I don't know, I guess fourth down or maybe a first down. Uh, another first down play on that curl against the Emmanuel Forbes blitz. Now on the second set of plays for the first team offense against the first team defense, again in 11 on 11s, uh, Sam Howell started with an incomplete pass to Jahan Dotson going deep down the sideline again on the right. Emmanuel Forbes this time in coverage. No penalty on this one from what I could see, uh, but it's just an incomplete pass, and Forbes just won that rep. It's going to happen from time to time. Very next pass was a drag route run by tight end Cole Turner uh, against linebacker Cody Barton. That was completed. The very next rep was another practice sack, quote-unquote, Percy Butler would have come down with credit for that one, but really it was defensive tackle John Allen who got the early penetration against the against the offensive line and blew up the play before it could ever really get started. Fourth play of that set, a completion to Terry McLaurin, short uh, going up against Emmanuel Forbes, and then the final play of that set, uh, pass to Logan Thomas, the tight end, going up against defensive back Quan Martin, and that is a size mismatch that the Washington Commanders would take all day long, uh, but fortunately they don't have to play each other on actual Game day. So Sam Howell finished the second set of first team, uh, 11 on 11s, three for four again. So three for four on the first set, three for four on the second set. The third set, this is where things got a little bit sticky for Sam Howell. First pass incomplete to Logan Thomas, uh, aiming on the sidelines. It was thrown out of bounds. Really not a terrible pass, kind of thrown really the only place you could throw it with any chance of, of not getting intercepted. Uh, so you, you don't like the result, but you do like the decision made there uh, by young Sam Howell. Second pass, also incomplete, also out of bounds. That one was intended for Terry McLaurin. Third one was deep to Curtis Samuel. Uh, it looked like an option route versus zone defense, and it looked like Sam Howell expected Curtis Samuel to go up the field a little bit more. Curtis Samuel instead kind of cut the field or cut his route short. Uh, they did talk after the fact, and it does look like Curtis Samuel should have bent that thing wider and more up the field. Uh, from the conversations that we witnessed. So 0 for 3, but that one may be more on Curtis Samuel than Sam Howell. I'm very interested to actually see if we get another look at that kind of a route on tomorrow's uh, uh, practice. 0 for, or the 0 for 3 at that point. The very next pass intercepted by Kalik Hudson, linebacker, and Ron Rivera in the past has mentioned that Kalik Hudson, starting with that game against the Dallas Cowboys last year, has really been playing some really good football, maybe looking very, very confident uh, that pass was honestly just a really good defensive play. It was a ball to uh, to Dax Milne on a dig route. Uh, the ball was in the right place. Rashad Wild Goose got his hand in there, got the ball tipped, and not only tipped, but tipped it in the air, and Kalik Hudson was able to come down uh, with the interception. So uh, you don't hate the good defense. You know, you want the completions, and we've talked about it here before, every day, so we've, we've talked about this. You want Sam Howell to be perfect on every pass, but if he's perfect on every pass, that defense is looking pretty sticky, right? So the, the defense certainly winning – uh, here in this set, uh, final play of this of this third set was a screen pass to Brian Robinson. So an easy completion ish for for Sam Howell. But what you really love about this is guard Sam Cosme getting out on his blocking assignment very very quickly. 
and springing Brian Robinson for what realistically would have been about a 20-plus yard gain. Uh, we got to watch Sam Cosme puffing and puffing his way back to the sideline after that. Uh, it's, that's kind of the difference. We were talking about that on the sideline. That's one of the differences between being a tackle and a guard. As a guard, you got to get out and you got to get up quick on those screen passes. So that was the third set. So uh, Sam Howell finishes his third set one for five with an interception. Not great, uh, but again, some context there. Not the most, not the most terrible set, but the stats certainly don't uh, don't look very good. Um, in between that that eleven on eleven set and the final 11, 11 on eleven set for the first team offense, they did do some seven on sevens. Uh, there was one play specifically where Sam Howell actually threw into quadruple coverage. Uh, Jeremy Reese, Christian Holmes, Quan Martin were all in the area. I don't remember, and I didn't get the get the name written down uh, before I forgot it. Uh, who the fourth defender was, but there were four defenders in the area. The ball actually hit Quan Martin in the helmet, uh, deflected into the air, and Christian Holmes made a huge, huge hustle play to come down with the interception. It was it was very interesting. I don't know if I would recommend Sam Howell throw the ball. In that area again but the amazing thing about it actually is Kyrick mcgowan you know as he did his best to try to get it there was actually a potential for Kyrick mcgowan to come down with that ball so uh, as 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 sticky as it sounds to go into quadruple coverage uh down the field to, to a guy who's as short as Kyrick mcgowan i think he's about 5 10 5 11. um it actually could have been successful so it was really interesting uh but again that coming in seven on a, on sevens uh again now going to the last 11 on 11 drill uh, started out with a completion to Logan Thomas on the outside against uh, linebacker Khalid Hudson. Came back. The second pass was a completion to Terry McLaurin on. I'm going to call it a screen. I'm pretty sure it was like a one-yard screen. Um, Chase Young actually had a really good read on that ball. Stuck his paw out there to try to bat it down. Uh, just couldn't find it. Terry McLaurin ends up getting the ball and running upfield. Uh, third snap of that set was a scramble. That was the throwaway play that Emmanuel Forbes made such an impressive athletic play on. Uh, fourth fourth snap of that set, a pass uh, incomplete to Antonio Gibson. It was a drop by Antonio Gibson on an out route, and again, going up against linebacker Kalik Hudson. Kalik Hudson, they get a lot of work and a lot of targets here in these practices. Uh, final play of the final set for the first-team offense, a completion to wide receiver Deami Brown on a slant versus zone coverage. So Sam Howell finished the fourth set. Three for four on the day he finished 10 of 17, which is 59%. Not a great completion percentage with an interception, but outside of that one particularly down series was nine for 12, which is 75% completion rates uh, outside of that one uh, extra, extra down period for the first team offense. So again, up and down, but really good uh, decision-making from Sam Howell for the most part. And a lot of accurate balls coming out as well. Jacob Brissett also very impressive. Uh, in his in his 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 opportunities, I was having a conversation on the sideline. Candy Waller of Seawall uh, Entertainment and Abuwi TV actually asked me specifically who I thought the better quarterback was as of right now of the two, and I did say I think it was Sam Howell, but it's also actually pretty close. And I think that no matter who the quarterback is at this point, you feel good with both guys, both guys. But I do give Sam Howell. Uh, the edge as of right now. Real quick before we get out of here, a report did come out shortly after practice on Tuesday from Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated saying that the commanders are open in, open to listening to trade offers for defensive end Chase Young. But to me, there's a big difference between listening to offers and intending on trading a player. And I don't think we're to the point where the Washington commanders should be called a team intending to trade Chase Young. I think at this point, I think it's 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 highly possible that if Young does sign elsewhere, from the Washington Commanders during the next offseason, they are going to get a compensatory pick. Granted, 
that wouldn't come through until 2025. But still, unless you're going to give them at least a conditional third round pick, there's no reason for Washington to really make a trade at this point. And nobody is going to send them a starting caliber defensive end that has years of experience under Jack Del Rio in the system. So anything beyond that really only degrades this team. And we all know how critical this season is for Ron Rivera and his staff. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Plus, conversation all offseason has been about motivating Chase Young to do better, earn an extension. I just don't get the vibe that this is something that might actually happen. And if Chase was trying to force a trade, he probably wouldn't be here right now. Never say never, okay, and all that. But I just don't see it happening. So I know that report is out there. I know some people are talking about it. That's kind of my take on it for right now. Uh, it would be very confusing if they decided to trade him. Again, never say never. But, you know, I, I don't see this kind of thing happening unless maybe it's in season and things are not going very well. Then maybe, okay, they, they send Chase Young somewhere for future draft capital, what they can get. Uh, send him to probably a team that's contending and thinks that he can be kind of the missing point or a piece. But mandatory minicamp a month out uh, and some change from training camp. I don't see that happening. We've got another practice with the Washington with the Washington Commanders on Wednesday. So coming up tomorrow, I will have more notes and observations, standout players from Commanders uh, practice. We will continue to build our list of standouts. I'm going to try and give you guys different names every day, but of course we're not going to force it. They have to give us an excuse to do it. But I am looking. Uh, to bring you guys different guys every day and show you and tell you about different commanders players and the good things that they're doing on the field. In the meantime, if you have questions, already got some questions from the next live mailbag episode coming next Tuesday. But if you've got more or if you've got comments, just throw them into the YouTube comments on Twitter or email me at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or send them directly to me via subtext. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day, thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. And remember, you can continue the conversation with me over at joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnCommanders where you'll get access to some of my thoughts each day from Ashburn. And I've started putting together a short video to kind of chronicle some of the bigger stories each day as well. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. And if you have anything else Washington Commanders related that you want to know or you want to discuss, make sure you follow me on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 